Next on BYU Sports Nation, Furious 5, how about the first five? Why those games might determine the success or failure of the season? Jeremy and I go two-on-one with cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford, and Greg Rubel stops by Studio B. Who gets his fall camp MVP? And what did Aaron Rodgers say about Jamal Williams? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Let's do this. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, August 16th, people. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton isn't here, so I'm joined by High Five Master Jason Shepard. What we need to tell that played people, really well for radio. What we smack. <laughs> what we need to tell people is that before the show, we're getting out a little like you know ten, nine, eight, and yeah. I said let's high five it up before the show. Yeah, and you let, let's just recreate. And again, this is not going to help anybody on radio. Yeah, but for TV, let's recreate. Like karate chop hey, into uh, your hand. Let's yeah. high five it up before before yeah. the show. I'm like, what is that? What? I just like mixing. It? I like doing side the, like, high fives, stick shift, just to keep people like people will pound and they'll you know grab the hand or whatever, just to mix it up. Just got to mix it up. Have you, s- have you seen the? Uh, I think it was the MLB Network did the like a like a documentary on the invention of the high five. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it was an Oakland A's player, I believe. When it's when it's uh, you know February, an and A's or a Dodgers, a, and you're trying to put up content. <laughs> it was <laughs> in the off season. You're like, <laughs> let's do a documentary on high fives. That sounds fun. It was riveting, compelling, and rich. That's yes. the kind of content you get. Hey. uh... BYU 50 today in Rhode Island. Just stand in the middle of the state. You'll probably get to it in time. You've ever been to Rhode Island? I, yeah. I have yeah. been to Rhode Island. Yeah. I've been to the island. Since I've been there, I like to call it the island. The island. Of all the islands. It's not Hawaii. It's Rhode Island. No, no, no. Island. It's Rhode Island. When you say the island, what people way know you're is, talking about Rhode Island. In what way is Rhode Island an island? Has anyone asked this and question? who is Rhode? Do we know? Who's mis- Was mis- it Rhodes Island and then it was been shortened over the years? Is it an oh, Englishman? doesn't make any sense to me at all. Dave Rose doesn't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to stuff we think we know in today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Google origin of Rhode Island. The football team will scrimmage tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is open to the public. Gates open at 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Scrimmage begins at 10 a.m. Admission is free. We will have Facebook Live interviews with players and coaches as well as our recap after... The scrimmage. If you go to the scrimmage, you will probably see Tijon Karoma, senior offensive lineman, and it just so happens he has been named to the fifth annual Earl Campbell-Tyler Rose watch list given to the best offensive player who was either born or played in the state of Texas. Mm. I love that Texas has their own awards. I love that. I love that. They've never been huge on kind of their own identity, have they? There is no state in the Union that is more proud of their state than Texas. Besides Rhode Island. With Green Bay Packers starting running back Ty Montgomery missing time to injury, Jamal Williams has caught the eye of starting quarterback QB Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers said, he's done a nice job mentally. That's the biggest jump for a running back. They're asked to do many, so many things in pass protection, route running. We've got to get him more opportunities to run the ball. And then listen to this. But everything else, he's been spectacular. He's definitely improving. Packers play against the Redskins in D.C. Saturday. Somebody was asking you about about Jamal, and you, and you said to this person, Jamal Williams has done nothing 
negative at all with yes. Green Bay. Like everything he all has positive. done with Green Bay has been positive. And this is great. And uh, a few more exhibition games to kind of show what he can do. And then he's going to play a lot, whether, whether he's a starter or not. Yeah, he's going to get an opportunity without question. Brendan Lund was named the best Angels prospect you've never heard of before in an article by HaloHeavens.com. How many prospects have you heard of for the Angels? That's the question I want to ask. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Uh, Lund has been promoted twice this year. He's currently with Double A Mobile, the Bay Bears. I don't need to tell you that. I'm yeah. sure you already know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, batting 463 in Double A, but for the season, he's hitting 329 at all levels. That's that's that, really good. Estimations that maybe he'll be, you know, in AAA to start next year if he keeps this up. He's crushing it. Yeah, he's playing really well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. High five. The no look. We've discussed the Furious Five games on BYU's schedule at length on this program. And to review, if you're new to the program or forgot, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin, Boise State, Mississippi State. Those are the best five games on the schedule, clearly. But have we missed the mark on this one? The Cougars' first five games might be the key to a successful season. People often talk about how you finish. To me, that is the most important thing. But don't let it undermine something that also matters, which is how you start. Portland State, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin, and Utah State are the first five games for Brigham Young. The first in August, the next four in September. And that brings us to our Twitter question. What are your expectations for BYU football in their first five games? First week coming in from at Kip Kent. What up? I expect BYU to win every game in which they're favored. And in true BYU fashion, I expect one early season upset. I expect a 4-1 and one record. 4-1. and one. That that's a little blue goggle to me. That means it went over a top fifteen team. I like it. Is that is that uh, college football analytics blue goggle? No, that'd be five and zero. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Well, th- there's certain sizes of blue goggles. True. You know what I mean? Yes, very. True. Four and one would be legit. And BYU and Independence. We looked up. Okay, how did they fare in the first five games? How often have they had a losing season? That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has had a losing record in its first five games once in six years of independence. Not in this season, in the first five games. First five games once, and it was last year. BYU started one and three, beat Toledo to get to two and three in the first five. So generally, BYU has been able to be on the above 500 side in the first five games. Now, when you look at the first five games this year, what do you expect? What do you think? That's t- it's, you play two top 15 yes. teams in there. Look, if we're talking about expectations, I, I think expectations have to be no worse than three and two. You, no worse? Why not two and three? I'll explain. Or okay. For me, and actually it goes to something that, uh, that at Kip Kent brought up, it really comes down to winning the games that you're going to be favored in. If, if that's what Let's, you do, yes. you will go 3-2. and two. Let's break that down. Okay. They're favored so in. You're going to be favored against Portland State. You're going to be favored against Utah. And you're going to be favored against Utah State. Those are the three games that you will be favored in. And yes, everyone is screaming at their TVs or at their radios right now. We know how BYU has fared against Utah. BYU right now is favored in this game. I do not believe however much it shifts, that is going to change by the time that game is played. So the fact is, if you win your three games that you are favored, and then whatever happens, and let's, let's be honest, 
if you end up going better than three and two, then what you've done is you've turned the 2017 season into a possible special season yeah. now. Now you're going up against Boise State and Mississippi State, and you are a yes. um, ranked team if you're four and one, in my opinion. And plus, if you go three and two at minimum, that also, in my opinion, gets you to 10 wins before a bowl game. Yes. Because so I think expectations yes. expectations right now is that you have to that you're probably three and two can't be can't be worse than three and two. Yes, amen to that. Anything above that is gravy. Honestly, it is BYU football gravy, and it would be delicious on whatever you put it on. I see BYU at two and two with a game determining the swing there. Okay, Portland State and Utah State; those should be games you win. Okay, LSU and Wisconsin. Those are losses unless you pull off an upset, okay? Those are the top 15 team, the LSU, neutral site-ish, right? It's like Vegas to BYU. It's like five hours away. That smells like Oklahoma a little bit. So if you win that, mm-hmm. now you're going, okay? Let's say you don't. You play Utah, you play Wisconsin. Wisconsin on the heels of LSU and Utah, whoo, that is a tough spot to be in, man. You're already tired, and you're going to stack extra weight on the bar. That's how I see that one. That's going to be tough. So I see BYU at 2-2, two and two, potentially. And then there's that Utah game. To me, the Utah game determines whether BYU goes two and three or three and two. I would agree with you. And it's your the favorite swing game. You haven't won in six years, but guess what? Kalani Satake teams against Utah have lost by uh, one game by one point. I like BYU at home in that game. Utah will be one and zero. They will have defeated North Dakota. BYU will be potentially two and zero, one and one when they face Utah. It's at home. It's going to be wild no matter what. The Utah game to me determines what's going to happen in those first five. It really does. If you win that, now you're 3-2. and two. If you lose that, you're going to be 2-3. and three. I don't want BYU to be under 500 at any point in the season. I think that's a realistic goal. 1-0 Portland State. Let's say you don't pull off the upset. 1-1 one one against LSU. you got to get to 2-1 and one against Utah. Yes. 2-2 two two Wisconsin if that happens. 3-2. and two. Now you've been at 500 or above. Last year, as we just documented, was the only season – where BYU was sub-500 after five games, and they were a missed field goal away from being 1-4. and four. If Red Allman doesn't hit the field goal against Toledo, you're 1-4. and four. So that was a clutch kick. So we've talked Furious 5. I think the first five are important because if you can go 3-2, and two in, you play Boise State, Mississippi State, and then the other Mountain West teams. You've got a shot at being 10-3, and three, like you talked about in the regular season. But you can't go – I don't think you can go 2-3 and three and then be like, 10 wins is going to happen. Now you're staring down the barrel of 9-4. and four. Maybe even 8-5 and five if you slip a little bit. Yeah, and that's, that's why going minimum 3-2 and two yeah. is huge. And it's – you know, when we talk about games that BYU's favorite, it's not, it's not just, you know, talking about what Vegas says. I mean, we had the ESPN Football Power Index. Yes. They have – if, if you look at that, percentages of wins, they have BYU winning three of those five. The games that we talked about, Portland yes, State, yes. Utah, and Utah State. In case you were wondering. The, so will Vegas. Yes, so yeah. will Vegas. So you're looking at what – we looked at it today. Was it 66%? Yeah. They had BYU winning over Utah in that game. So, again, 66.4% is what the ESPN Football Power Index had in terms of BYU versus Utah in that game. Okay, the BYU has a 64% chance, according to FPI, Football Power Index, ESPN, against Boise State, 28% at Mississippi State. So if you're going 10 wins, that makes sense. You know what ultimately happens, though? 
The season never plays out like you think it will. You win or lose a game that you didn't see coming. That's why I think 9-4 and four is probably the record here. But the first five, oh, big time, man. Like, if you go 4-1 and one, somehow, you get a top 15 win. You're ranked. You're playing Boise State on a Friday night. There's a huge audience in a Nostris Nocturnus sees the night situation on ESPN. Now you're going. At Miss, at Boise State, at Mississippi State, at East Carolina, San Jose State, at Fresno State, UNLV, UMass, at Hawaii. That's how the back eight can be interesting, too. If you can go at least three and two, the pursuit of ten keeps you going without a conference. And it, it's all set up by those first five games. And to me, it boils down to the Utah game. The Utah game, I think it's a right. must win I think you're right. for the program right now. But what do you think? What are your expectations for BYU football in its first five games, use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Still Team Riley. For Desmond Howard to lose his mind. <laughs> Desmond Howard. Desmond's been pro BYU since that little incident. Has he? It seemed like he was. La- pre- Remind people what happened last year. Let's see. Well, he, he picked. I'm trying to remember the game now. He picked against BYU. Yeah, he picked against BYU, and I'm trying to— And it was to, for a reason we didn't like. It was, did he bring up mission the age, age? The age, the mission age, yeah, yes. As an advantage or something. <laughs> yeah, classic. Age. And he First took time we'd so ever much heard heat one. from BYU fans. And then it seemed like right after that, he was very positive about BYU. Ever since Martin Van Buren you know, said, your cause is just, I can do nothing for you. Yeah, the heat, the heat comes when we get opposed. The Van Buren boys? The, yeah, exactly. At Nick Evans, 224. Three and two with wins over Utah, Boise State, and Mississippi State. So, okay, we're looking at the first five as opposed to the first five. Anything more is gravy. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take some quality wins there. At Hot Wings, 85. Blue goggled, five and oh, hombres, realistic. Two and three, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm thinking three and two would be a fantastic number. Anything, if four and one, I'll take it. Five and oh. Is the craziest, best, greatest start in the history. Look, of I understand. Football. I understand BYU's record against Utah, but three and two is realistic. I think three it and is, two, especially because yes. you're at home in Absolutely. a couple of those big games coming up. The top ten offenses BYU will face: two on one with General Guilford. But next, Gregor Bell, who's his fall camp MVP? Cougar football fans, gear up to follow BYU football week by week with BYU TV's newest live show, hosted by Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It's BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's an all-access pass for the latest info and engaging discussions with a coach and player guest. Get in on Q&A sessions with questions from BYU faithful from across the nation. If you love Cougar football, don't miss BYU football with Kalani Satake starting Tuesday at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What is up? We're a simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is popping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight, behind the mic with Greg Rubel. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Mountain on BYU Radio. Right out of the gate, Greg will be talking with this guy, Jerem Jordan. I want to talk with Greg in a moment. We'll talk so then later, moment, then he moment, will talk yes. with me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Also on the show tonight, head coach, Women's soccer, Jen Rockwood, also former linebacker, former NFLer, Rob Morris will be on the show. Again, behind the mic with Greg Rubel, 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio.
It's we. You've been promoting that specific lineup this whole week. You finally got the order correct. In order I noticed that, that like, you like, wrote this this you, time. Well, you, well, Rob should be your like anchor of that. Jen, super important, and then I'm also on it. Whatever. Uh, our Twitter question today: What are your expectations for BYU football in its first five games at Landon Liston? Two or three wins. I would say more, but we are playing LSU and Wisconsin, and that's the fun part. Two fu- top fifteen teams on the schedule with the rival wedged between it. Six in a row, trying to snap that streak. That's a heck of a three-game set. Now joining us, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Bell, to weigh in on said topic. We've been talking about Furious Five, the five toughest games. Today we're looking at the first five, how potentially that could play out. It is a fun but challenging first five for BYU to start the season. I concur, and good morning, boys. So, first five games. If BYU were to win just its home games and or the games they were favored to win, you're looking at four and one, are you not? You're, you're saying home wins over Portland State, Wisconsin, and Utah. A win against Utah State and Logan. That's four. Okay. You go to Houston, you play LSU, and that's kind of the, um, you know, the, uh, the swing game, if go you will. For, yeah, so, so if you're just going to win your home games and the games you're supposed to win, that's four and one. So I, I never want to presume a loss. I never want to say I expect anything other than a win. So you know, I expect five and zero oh because that's, uh, that's the best case outcome. But that said, if you got through September at four and one, are you a ranked team? Yes, probably. Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah, and and you probably stay there if you if you, if you keep your head straight for a few weeks. And so even with uh, a loss potentially at Mississippi State or whatever, like if you don't want to presume losses again, we we don't want to even think about that. <laughs> but if you were to get through September at four and one, <laughs> put on those blue, you're in really good shape. <laughs> hey, I start every season with these on. Yeah, uh, baby. So uh, yeah, uh, let's say four and hope for five, and uh, and and believe these guys are good enough to do it. Yeah, the the three game set to me of LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin. Man, that is that is a fun but challenging set of three. Right, right the, the back-to-back-to-back. And once you get through those, and then the end of September, by the end of the month, you know a lot about this BYU football team. Yeah. You almost know all you need to know uh, about how good they're going to be once you've played 13 games because you see every kind of challenge in that first month. And there are those like it later on. Boise and Mississippi State come to mind, and you never want to take anything for granted in Honolulu over the years. That is a scary it really situation. Is. Yeah. Week of Thanksgiving, that man. Is, that game does not scare me. It's going to feel like game, a... BYU should roll in that game. Should is a you, dangerous you don't, you, word. You, you don't want to, again, you, you don't want to assume fear at any point, but... Historically, BYU, I think Ty Detmer went in their back-to-back years, and, and Hawaii put 50-plus on them both years, and BYU went 0-2 in, the, in, in those games. Um, and that's just an example of what yeah. happens sometimes toward the end of the year. And then, of course, we all know what happened in the 12-0 and season. They get their 12-0, and and they get spanked. So, yeah, I mean, there are only four or five losses historically in the modern era of BYU football there, but they've been you know, pretty notable. And so, again, we're talking about game 13 right now. but uh, you know, we, course, we take it 13 at a time. Like, the coaches yeah. and players take it one. <laughs> We take it 13. Yeah. You've heard that before. Just take it 13 games at a time. You'd like to think that after 12 games and Thanksgiving week, you can go and have a relaxing week in the islands. That's not going to be the case. Well, we do know that the first game is about a week and a half. In fact, it is exactly a week and a half away from today. Ten days, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with the start of the season coming up in a week and a half and camp winding down, there will be a scrimmage tomorrow Mm -hmm. at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What questions do you still have about this team? There aren't too many, but I guess one would be, will BYU get to the opener and then to Houston with the main guys 
all in the places we expect them to be. Mm. And I think so far it's been, it's been a pretty good camp that way. Uh, but, you know, does, does everybody we expect to be occupying a main role, starter or high two deep, uh, end up being available for those first two games? And that's always a question you have every year in everyone's camps. That's maybe one to ask for uh, right now. And, and, uh, and, and here's crossing fingers that uh, we're able to answer in the affirmative. And there's Austin Kofensis in what used to be his green jersey. It's not green yeah, it's anymore. Funny, it's funny <laughs> to see a guy catching a pass wearing the green jersey because normally the green well, not only like, that, don't, don't not only that. that. There aren't too many camps in which a green jersey or the quarterback jersey was in kick return, but that was also the case earlier <laughs> in the camp. Well, I again, guess Riley he, Nelson shed the green jersey and he would wear like a blue jersey on special teams when he would run down, mm-hmm. when he was behind Jake Keeps and he had this kind of internal strife of the chosen one versus the guy that's trying to pay the price. That was, that was a little fun slash weird as well. Back but the green is gone for Austin Confences. He's back in his uh, blue jersey and all over the field now. And, and we're trying to figure out where he fits, too. Was quarterback, running back, receiver, defense? Who knows? He's a good athlete. He'll Everything but defense, I think, right now he's in play. Yeah. From returner to, to, to wide out no, to, to running back, uh, they're going to use him somewhere. Yeah. So what has surprised you? About camp so far, anything stand out to you in terms of that? Uh, and not not for lack of talent, but Talon Shumway, uh, as good as he has been, uh, has been really impressive. If not super surprising, uh, very impressive. And again, the only surprise would be the last couple of years. I don't think he's been able to be himself um, because of health. Uh, maybe not a hundred percent for long stretches of time. But now that we're seeing him at full health, I think we're seeing just how good he can be and is. And so, again, uh, only surprising to the extent that we didn't see him at full go. Now that we do, he's been really, really good. There's certain levels of known and unknown. So we start fall camp, and it's like, all right, you've, you've got the, Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, Levahifa we saw a little bit of, Jonah Trinman, and so on. Then there's a guy like Neil Pau, who we brought up. And then, of course, Matt Bushman has played well. So I think after, at this point of fall camp, Where's your confidence level in this receiving group, which is we've kind of gotten to know during fall camp. feel pretty good, in, I think, at this point. Hi. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have no trouble taking off six or seven guys that I could uh, feel good about uh, putting in with the first team right now and having them respond. And, and again, Tournament's the guy with the most reps and catches, but uh, there are a bunch of guys that have played as well, if not better than him, uh, in camp. And again, no, not to disparage Jonah because he's been really good. You saw his highlight catch from yesterday. Uh, tremendous concentration. But uh, he's not alone in, uh, in having an impressive camp so far. Yeah. The great part about asking this question is you could go so many different areas with the answer. Because there's been a lot of guys who have performed really well in camp for the Cougars. Right now, who would get your camp MVP? Uh, on offense, I'm going to go with uh, Tanner Mangum, and on defense, I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Uh, two captains, and people might say those are easy answers, but they're legitimate answers, and, and that's a good thing if those are your MVPs right now. Uh, you know, Fred hasn't had to be in every live rep. Uh, like like uh, Kalani said, there's not a lot Fred hasn't seen at this point. The great thing about Fred Warner is he has stayed healthy, and he has been uh, the leader, and he has looked the part as somebody who is uh, you know, going to be somebody, I think, rising NFL draft boards and you know, the stud defender on BYU's defense. So Fred Warner is a defensive MVP, no doubt for me. And then on offense, uh, you've got Tanner Mangum. And, and I've not, one thing I've, you asked what I've been surprised about, what I've not been surprised is how good Tanner Mangum has looked. Um, this is your senior QB captain. He's completing passes at around a 75% clip in camp uh, to this point. He's the fall camp MVP on that side of the ball, uh, Tanner Mangum. And that's a good thing to say 
at, at this stage of the game. So uh, Fred and Tanner, a couple of captains, MVP on either side of the ball. Honorable mention goes to that guy on offense, Matt Bushman. And on defense, uh, we got to go Sione Takitaki. So we're talking about Bushman and Takitaki, two guys who weren't with the program last year that are kind of the honorable mention MVPs of camp this year. So those are the names I would pick right now on either side of the ball. The tight end has been discussed at length, and the question every year is, is this a return to the tight end? And I think is, this, this, is this the year? This is the year they're back. Yeah, yeah they're back as true offensive weapons. Uh, quite a dynamic duo with uh, MLP and, and Matt Bushman and the ability to uh, work the seams and give BYU an option that really does help if, you, if you're going to face teams that you think are going to really make life difficult for your receivers on the edges. Nice to be able to work the interior part of the field with those two guys, and I think they'll be able to do that. And that's where in the game against Oklahoma, on the edges, it's hard. They're, listen, LSU, the last four years, produced three NFL draft picks on defense. I mean, where you can win in the middle of the field. But how big is, was Dennis Pitta in that Oklahoma Yes, game? the yeah. tight end is a position that BYU can recruit well. That kind of guy physically, like speed, BYU's got speed. Does it go up against LSU at the same level? That t- typically, no, but the tight end can win you a game there. The McKay-Jacobson catch wins the Oklahoma game, but I think it's a fourth down play seconds before that in which Max Hall hurries up and goes quick to Dennis Pitta just four or five yards downfield immediately uh, to, to move the chains and keep that drive alive. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that with those kinds of guys, you're kind of hearkening back to the, uh, you know, the Pitta-George type of uh, attack that at least you're able to implement. And again, they've got a long way to be those guys. But that's the sense you get with how good they are and how skilled they are. This is not a novelty question. I ask this in all sincerity. You and I have not talked about this. What have been your impressions of what you've seen from Mo Longy? Uh, from day one to end of week one to end of week two, he's made great strides. Uh, I saw him on that very, very first day, um, you know, dealing with you know, the blocking sleds and the blocking apparatuses. These were new to him. And, and it was something that, that was, again, totally foreign to him. And, and he, you know, it looked like that was going to be a challenge for him on day one, just handling some pretty elementary things. And, and again, day by day, he looks more and more uh, like a football guy. And, uh, and again, this is a long-term thing. I think we're going we're to be talking about Mo Longi for a number of seasons. And this is the very, very start of this. Uh, but I was impressed by how much he progressed in just a few days. And, and again, bit by bit. Uh, for a very big guy. And he will play. He's at least getting in on PAT and PAT block, and then we could see him on the defensive line. So that well, one, be one of the best quotes is from Kalani. Um, you know, when he wants to go, he goes where he wants. And that's kind <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like, uh, you know, a poem or something. Yeah, yeah something awesome. Okay, women's soccer uh, plays at Penn State yeah. Friday to begin the regular season. You can listen to that, 7 Eastern on, on BYU Radio here. What do you expect in the Cougars opener? Outside Beaver Stadium, there on that pitch. Yeah, just adjacent to the stadium. Uh, so last year they went to Penn State. Uh, one th- it was an Ashley Hatch hat trick, the Hatch trick, if you will. Uh, Ashley uh, helps BYU win 3 2. They're up 2 0 at Penn State. Penn State scored two, made an interesting, then Ashley scores the game winner in the 78th minute. Boaz so, gets hurt, right? Right, and that was the game in which Hannah Clark came in and then took the starters' role the rest of the way. So BYU wins at Penn State last year when they were both ranked, I think, top 15. Now, this year, somehow, Penn State's not in the coaches' poll, but they're ranked number one in the top drawer soccer poll, which is <laughs> so go <laughs> figure. disparity. Uh, and and I, I, again, tough to justify that. Penn State was missing five players who redshirted last year because they were playing for the USA Under-20 World Cup squad, okay? They had five girls. They had six players 
on yeah. the U-20 World Cup team, five for USA, one for Germany. They're all back this year. You don't throw all those back on the team and then not be ranked. This is a ranked team. And again, top row soccer has them number one. So uh, tough, tough challenge. Won there last year. Certainly that will stick in Penn State's craw. BYU's 2-0 and all time against Penn State. Great challenge. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, it's a great game for BYU. Great RPI game. And we'll, we'll get a sense again real early of just BYU's potential. Greg, it's that time. It is that time. What have you brought to us today for a cool thing about Canada? So we all know that uh, Canada's current prime minister is the dashing diplomat, Justin Trudeau. So dreamy. He's a heartthrob. There There he is. is. (laughs) Now, what what some may or may not know is that Justin Trudeau is a second-generation prime minister. His father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, was Canada's prime minister when I was growing up. So his dad, Pierre, was was my prime minister. He was my guy uh, growing up. When I was a wee lad, I wrote... I wrote to Pierre Trudeau. I wrote a letter to Pierre Elliott Trudeau as a hopeful youngster, uh, you know, full of optimism for our country's future. This is the I wrote best a letter we could find of him. I wrote a letter to Pierre Elliott Trudeau, he, and he's looked better than that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, all right. Radio audience. There was another one I wanted to use, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> that said, that's Pierre, that, that is Pierre Trudeau. Uh, and I wrote, and I got a, I got a personalized letter back wow. from the Prime Minister of Canada, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. And whether or not it was a, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a Xerox type signature, it looked original to me. And so it looked authentic to me, and had the seal of the Prime Minister. And I saved that. And I'm sure Mom still has it somewhere in my, in my book of remembrance. I thought it was in your office. No, probably it's not on the wall. It's not. I need to track it down. But that was a highlight of my young <laughs> life was getting a letter back from uh, Pierre Trudeau, whose son Justin is now the dashing diplomat and the Prime Minister of Canada. And that is a cool thing about Canada. And again, cool is uh, up for interpretation, but uh, there it is. It's something. I was trying to lay out for the anthem there, but that's okay. Greg, tremendous stuff. We're excited about somehow you working Squally and Matt Canada into the mix the next couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. We are going have to fun have, at Penn State. We're going to have a touch of Canada in the press box in Houston because LSU's OC will be in the booth. Mad so Canada. Uh, you're on the show tonight. Yeah, uh, let's party. Don't be late. Uh, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Behind the mic with Greg Rubel, Sirius XM 143. You'll kick us off tonight. Then Jen Rockwood with the season opener coming up. Then Rob Morris be there. Take us to break. General Guilford coming up. General Guilford is coming up. And also, our 10 and 10 looks at the offenses. BYU will face this Welcome back, Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Really excited for this. Super Tuesday begins next Tuesday. You're going to be able to watch the BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by After for the Review, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then, if that wasn't enough, it is the debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Hosted by Greg, Greg Rubel. Rubel. Great convo yesterday with Greg, Kalani, myself, kind of talking about the show. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be another sports program. I know uh, you know, some people on Twitter the other day were, were asking about it. And, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Check that out. Super Tuesday starts next Tuesday, 6 Eastern time. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The football team will scrimmage tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Gates open. To the public, 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time with the scrimmage beginning at 10 a.m. Admission is free. We will have Facebook Live interviews with players and coaches as well as our recap. Hang out with us tomorrow at the stadium. 
Senior offensive lineman Tijon Karoma has been named to the fifth annual Earl Campbell-Tyler Rose watch list that's given to the best offensive player who was either born or played in the state of Texas. Or visited at some point in their life. Or drove through. With Green Bay Packers starting running back Ty Montgomery missing time to injury, Jamal Williams has caught the eyes of starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers said, he's done a nice job mentally. That's the biggest jump for a running back. They're asked to do so many things in pass protection, route running. We've got to get him more opportunities to run the ball. But everything else, he's been spectacular. He's definitely improving. How about that? I praise from Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers! Rodgers! <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Jamal Williams told us a few weeks ago, he said, yes, sir, on the field in practice to Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, why did I say that? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, stupid. Why did I? Packers play the Redskins, by the way, Saturday. Well, everybody, everybody knows Everyone that. Knows in that. D.C., just yeah. in case. Yeah. You know. Brennan Lund was named the best Angels prospect you've never heard of before in an article by HaloHeavens.com. Lund has been promoted twice so far this year. He's currently with the AA Mobile Bay Bears. He's batting four sixty three in AA for the season, hitting three twenty nine. if you combine all levels. He's doing what everyone tries to do with their job, get promoted twice in a year. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Okay, today's 10 and 10 focuses on the top 10 offenses BYU will face in 2017. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Let's go. Not listed Portland State, UMass, and Fresno State. Sorry. Why why do you hate them? Number 10, Utah State. 24 points a game doesn't really cut it. 58% passing. Come on. 10 TDs, 9 picks. 5 yards per rush is solid, but that's because Kent Myers likes to tote the rock in the run game as opposed to passing. Yeah, Chucky Keaton is not coming through that door. (laughs) No, he's not. Don't remind Brian Logan of 2010. (gasps) Number nine, San Jose State. 377 total yards a game. That's not a ton. 24 points a game. Three more TDs than INTs. That ratio has got to be higher. 16 rush TDs is a low number. They're number nine. Number eight, UNLV. The Rebels put up 32 a game by rushing for 241 a game last year. That's pretty good. 5.6 yards per carry. 28 rush TDs. However, passing, atrocious, 47%. That was my first physical science exam test score at BYU. And 163 a game. Barney Cotton, the OC, nine returning starters. They are explosive in the rush offense. I'm really looking forward to that game. I, I Actually, I'm curious to see how UNLV turns out this season. Number seven, Hawaii. Nick Rolovich's squad has nine returning starters from a team that had decent balance with 228 passing, 164 rushing a year ago, 391 a game. 28 points a game is solid. Again, that's a sneaky game at the end of the regular season. Look, at the end of the day, Rolovich wins. He lives in Hawaii. Uh, that's right. Even if he loses, he wins. Number six, Utah. The Utes threw for a whopping 53% last year. That's not good. Seven yards per play. That's bad. 26 rush TDs. That's decent. 5.8 yards per play. New OC Troy Taylor. He's going to lead with the pass, spread things out. Let's see if that jump starts Utah's offense, which has kept them from winning an outright Pac-12 South Division title for a while now. They're, they've always been good on defense. This is, I believe, their 73rd offensive coordinator in the last 11 years. <laughs> Some, that's give or take a few. Number five, East Carolina. Why are they ahead of Utah? Because the Pirates could throw the rock. They threw for 340, 334 a game last year, 65% completion percentage. 26 TDs. They can sling it. Look out. Hey, Janelle Gilford's going to join us in our 2 and one next. You think he's uh, going to be paying attention to that? Yeah. Number four, Wisconsin. Eight starters returned for third-year OC Joe Rudolph, who works with an offense. They put up two or three rush yards. That's a little low for them, but still 200-plus. 
31 rushing TDs. That's awesome. The passing offense isn't dynamic, but neither are traditional Big Ten offenses. But this ain't your grandma's Big Ten. However, Wisconsin does still look like grandma. What? Stop the run. Stop the Badgers. Number three, Boise State. The Broncos have averaged 38 a game in the three seasons under Brian Harson as the head coach. 6.8 yards per play for Boise State last year. Tops among all Cougar 2017 opponents. QB Brett Rippon, my number one quarterback BYU will face this season. However, Goner playmakers Jeremy McNichols, Thomas Spurbeck, new OC Zach Hill takes the reins. A horse pun. Not even going to try and top that. Number two, Mississippi State. The Fighting Cowbells are the only team on BYU's schedule that averaged 200-200. QB Nick Fitzgerald, top three dual threat quarterback in the country. Second in rushing in the SEC last year. As a quarterback. After 14 points in regulation versus the Cougars last year, what did the Bulldogs do? They put up 35 plus five times after that in the SEC. Nick Fitzgerald getting so much run nationally. They love him. And this game on the road, that's going to be a fun one. That was a pun for his game as well. He rushes. LSU is number one. Darius Geis makes the LSU offense the number one offense. The Tigers' pass offense isn't impressive, but Geis is legit. Best player BYU will play against. He led the SEC in rushing. 30 rushing TDs last year. Gone is Leonard Fournette, but more Darius Geis. Passing, 12 TDs, 7 picks. Isn't mind-blowing. Danny Etling, Purdue transfer. He's been in the program. LSU's dynamic in the run game. New OC Matt Canada, as mentioned by Greg, will try to make the O more dynamic. And those are the top 10 teams. That is also a cool thing about Matt Canada. <laughs> there you go. The top 10 offenses. BYU will play this season. I'm not overwhelmed by any of these offenses, to be honest. Not, not I think particularly. The BYU defense is, I think BYU's defense stacks up well against these offenses. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Now, the BYU uh, offense versus like the LSU defense, Wisconsin, that, that's more of a, a challenge. I'm excited to watch this. Well, see, and, and I'm curious to see specifically LSU-Wisconsin. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what BYU's defense does against the run in those games specifically. Can BYU's defense keep BYU in those games to make enough plays? Like, against Oklahoma, you win that game in 09-14-13. Like, that's, you scratch it out a little bit, right? And the first challenge for BYU is not LSU. It's not Wisconsin. It's not Utah. It's Portland State. Countdown to the Vikings. Ten days away. Our last day of double-digit number. You know what I always get nervous about is that, uh, that when we start to do that, that I'm going to start to say it, and then you won't, and then it'll just be me it'll saying it. It'll just be you? You know, like, like when, when – Shoot, when Spencer's team- back tomorrow. This is the last time I could have done <laughs> when that. When teams run out on the court, like, yeah. and then everybody stops yes. and lets the rookie go out, it's kind of what I felt, you know. Not, you know. I totally I'm not saying I'm a rookie at this. I'm just saying. You missed your mark. Coming up, two-on-one, Gennaro Guilford, baby. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem. He's Jason, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Speaking of rebroadcast, if you missed last night's episode of After Further Review, we've got you covered. You can catch the rebroadcast immediately following BYU Sports Nation, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian looking back on BYU's win over Oklahoma back in 2009. That's right. That's coming up right after our program here. Stay tuned. The BYU Secondary returns a lot of pieces. A lot of young, talented pieces, which is exciting. They did a nice job in year one of Elias Tuiaki's defense. The man who coaches those guys is former BYU cornerback Jernaro Guilford. Are his cornerbacks ready for the season? This is our two-on-one BYU football all-access interview with Coach Guilford. 
All right, Gennaro, how, uh, how's the secondary looking from your uh, point of view so far, your cornerbacks? Uh, pretty good, you know, making more plays, getting better every single day. That's all I can ask for. You were saying that one of the things that you like to do is to, is to get competition. You say you like where this team is at from a competition standpoint. What do you like? Um, you know what? Everybody's just fighting, fighting for reps. Um, you know, I have three guys that I kind of rotate with the with the ones right now, Don, Chris, and Troy. Then with the twos, you know, um, we have Sheldon, uh, Travion. Um, of course, we lost McChesney, which, which was a big loss. Um, but we have a couple of guys, you know, with, with Heva and Isaiah Armstrong. So we have some guys that are kind of fighting for reps right now, and that's how I like it. How uh, how big of a blow was the McChesney injury? I know he tore his ACL last year against Cincinnati on a kickoff, and then he tears the other ACL in fall camp, unfortunately. Huge, you know, because um, he was he was playing so well last year before he got uh, injured, and he came back to camp, and he was playing well. You know, he's playing well, making plays, and he knows the knows the defense, knows knows exactly what what I want. Um, he's, he's he's competitive, you know. So um, it was it was it was a big loss because he was. Um, pushing guys for reps and um and was making moves up up the depth chart you know so um it was it, it was tough one of the things that has really been talked about a lot during this fall camp has just been the depth and it's at every position everybody likes the depth think you guys have improved on that from last year from a depth perspective where do you think you are uh, based off of where you would like to be um you know what? we're we're getting close um definitely getting close we have probably six or seven guys as, as far as corners um, that can that can play, you know. Um, so, like I said, it brings a, a competitiveness to our to our group every single day because the guys know um, if they make too many mistakes, you know, the next guy is behind them is, is hungry and he wants in, you know. So, um, absolutely just love it. You rattled off the depth chart a moment ago, kind of the ones and the twos and whatnot. Um, how comfortable do you feel with those guys right now uh, with the game next Saturday, which is pretty awesome to say? Um, comfortable, you know. Um, guys, are, guys are still getting better, and, they, and they're working every single day, um, watching film, um, working on technique and stuff like that. So um, at this point, it's just kind of sharpening the tools a little bit and just uh, staying, staying healthy, knock on wood, you know, and um, just – being ready for game one. What can you tell us specifically about the safety position? Fans are always kind of curious, uh, especially when you lose a guy like Kainakua, you know, who's going to step in? What can you tell us about the, the safety position specifically? You know what? They are deep. They, they have about six or seven guys who are up there who can play at, at, at any time. You know, um, I know, I know they have a couple guys like, uh, you know, Micah is, is back, of course, but, um, but, with Zane and Hadley and Jacobson, um, they they have some guys that that can absolutely play, and um, I'm pretty sure Coach Lamb will play them all. You know, um, so they'll 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 all get re- get reps. Um, you know, Chaz and Kamel, they they have guys that can that can play. Um, that's probably one of the deepest groups that we have that are that that's everybody's kind of solid. You know, it's not like a, a major drop off. Um, so those guys are. Battling, battling as well, you know, as for reps. So um, we have a good group of safeties. Talking with Gennaro Guilford, who coaches the cornerbacks here at BYU on the defense, which of your guys at the cornerback position is most likely to get the nickname 
such and such island. Whew. Man. <laughs> I hope I hope everybody. I mean that's that's always the goal. Um but that's tough, man, because at any given time, if it if it clicks for for anybody, I mean, it's just like life, you know, as soon as something clicks, they can just take off, you know. Um but I would say with those those top six guys, if it clicks, all of them can can become good and, and really kind of take a take major steps, you know. So, I mean, not just any one person, but um, hopefully all 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 the top six can. So, was there a Guilford Island back in the day? Was that a thing pre Darrell Rivas? No, I didn't. I didn't have that. I just went out there and just tried to tried to play. Never really thought of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> If you ever needed to show, like, do you itch to just go out there and, like, show these guys how it's done? You know what? I do. Um, body still kind of hurts, so I tell them I'll give you three, about three solid reps. <laughs> three good ones. I'll give you all I got for three, and it'll be perfect. I'll give you what I got. After that, I'm done. <laughs> After that, I'm done. You're not, you're wearing cleats for a reason, right? Like, yeah, there's I a mean, purpose to that. So, Every now and every now and then, I'll I'll show them certain things, but I just won't do the whole drill. Yeah, you know, I and just, it's sixty percent speed yeah, about, or something, right? Like okay, like oh okay, I see you coach a little bit. It was like okay, that's all I that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, the coach being in shape has never actually been a thing that needed to happen per se. <laughs> like Rick Majerus left the Utes to the Final Four. You just you don't need to be in shape per se. Yeah. But it's nice if that guy's who was your coach at cornerback when you were at BYU, Mitchell. Brian Mitchell, the legend, was he Brian in shape? Mitchell. Could he? He was. Could you he still what? wheel around? He can. Yeah, well, not to can, this day. I, he probably can now. But he was in town for media day. When I was playing, he could still run and everything. He could still run, and <laughs> we'll definitely kind of go out. And we always had sprints, and he would like run with us. And we, I'm like, oh, okay, coach can kind of run. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like he was like on your heels to where you had to like really, really run. Yeah. So yeah, he could absolutely. Now we understand though that uh, that new Tafisi has. Not only putting the the players through some workouts, but the coaching staff as well. How is that going for you and your fellow coaches? You know what? It's hard. <laughs> like we have to do it in probably another thirty minutes to an hour, and I'm like already thinking about it. Like you know, I'm thinking about like, okay, what do we have today? We have power cleans, we have snatches, but it's actually good. You know, it's making our bodies feel better. Um, we go about an hour, hour and a half, and it's, and it's everybody, you know. It's everybody. Coach, Coach Kalani is in there with us. Yeah. So um, it's, it's kind of cool just to have, see everybody in there kind of working out. So. Who's the strongest and then the fastest guy on the coaching staff? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, you know. Come on. It's okay to say you. <laughs> I'm slow. I don't, I don't run anymore. <laughs> I don't run anymore. My running days are over. Cahoon, um, quickest, fastest? Cahoon might be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but – all the coaches, honestly, are, are strong at different different lifts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Coach Lamb is a strong dude. Like, Olympic lifts, like, <laughs> Coach Lamb is strong. Um, <laughs> He's a cyborg. Tuiaki is strong. I mean, uh, GA. I mean, I, honestly, every, everybody's strong at, at certain things, honestly. What, what's Kalani's strength physically? Stronger than you would think. <laughs> he looks strong. No, right? stronger than you would think. I mean, he's in there doing snatch squats and hand cleans and power cleans and pull ups and abs, and it's just a total body workout. Like literally, we do back squats, front squats. I mean, 
we kind of get after it a little bit. We used to have a show on BYU TV called Total Body Workout. Maybe we should have Kalani Sitake run things. He might. <laughs> <laughs> he might. Well, Gennaro, we appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing your cornerbacks uh, in action. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. BYU football, two-on-one, all-access with Gennaro Guilford. My favorite part of that interview was watching Brian Mitchell's two pick sixes. I'll be honest. We were like, we're like, go, like, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love seeing touchdowns, especially from the defense. BYU had three of those last year. Coming up, what did Aaron Rodgers say about Jamal Williams and Brennan Lund crushing it in the minors? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our guests today, Greg Rebell and Gennaro Guilford. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Future guests include uh, Two on One with Bo Tanner. Also Thursday, we will have our fall camp wrap and award show. And then Friday, we're going to lay down season predictions. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU will scrimmage tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Gates will open to the public 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time with the scrimmage beginning at 10. Admission is free immediately following the scrimmage as well. We'll have Facebook Live interviews with players and coaches as well as our recap. Senior offensive lineman Tijon Chroma has been named to the 5th annual Earl Campbell Tyler Rose watch list given to the best offensive player who was either born or played in Texas. Green Bay Cougars pa- in the NFL. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers called Jamal Williams spectacular and added, we've got to get him more opportunities to run the ball. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund named the best Angels prospect you've never heard of before in an article by HaloHeavens.com. Lund has been promoted twice this year, batting uh, 463 in double A with Mobile Bay Bears. He's hitting 329 at all levels. Woo! That's a smoking. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jamal Williams. He was crushing it. And when Aaron Rodgers yes. is saying the word spectacular and we need to get him more opportunities to run the ball, those are great things. Arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL yeah. is something he's talking the best. about you. Yeah, and some, I mean, yeah, I mean, arguably the best. I, mean, I think most people put, will go Put Tom Aaron Rodgers with Bill Belichick and how many rings does he have? What are your expectations for BYU football in their first five games? Our elite tweet of the day at Big Bluey. We will be 4-1 and one with the new OC at LSU. His name's Matt Canada. We upset them. Got to get the Utes this year. And Wisconsin, just too big to beat. And then we win at Little Bro. That's Utah State. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Using the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand. You can go to BYUSN.com. Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Tom Adams. Man, he was a good player for BYU. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Open scrimmage at the stadium. It's going to be awesome, man. And coming up, after further review, they break down the 2009 game against Oklahoma.